Welcome to Rainer's Radio, practical training for joint heirs with Christ, with your host, Diane Thomas. Good evening, and welcome to Rainer's Radio. This is Diane Thomas, your host. Let's just take a couple moments and just put aside all the stresses and the challenges we've had today and anything that's coming up, let's just relax. And Lord, we just, anything you want to say, anything you want to do in our lives, we just welcome, we just welcome your plan for us for this time and for our lives. And we thank you ahead of time for everything you're going to do in us and for us and through us. And we just thank you for your patience and perseverance on our behalf. Thank you, Lord. When it comes down to being a Christian, it's about being in a relationship with God. It's not about doctrine or ministry or behavior about knowing God as a person. Now, we already know him spiritually. But what's weird is we don't even know our own spirit. Most of us live and move and have our being in our soul and to some extent in our body. while our spirit is already one with God. And who you truly are is that spirit that's already with God. Now, what we're working on is, and in cooperation with God, is to experience in our soul, in our body, what our spirit is already experiencing. Relationship with God. Odds are what that will be like is unfathomable and unexplainable and undescribable. I don't think we have words or imagination to comprehend what spirit is, what it is like to be in God. But we can trust him because he loves us and because he is God and he's proven himself trustworthy that Whatever we need to do here, now, to be conformed, returned back to spirit, soul, and body, rather than body, soul, and spirit, that whatever whatever hoops we have to jump through, lessons we have to learn, trials and errors, and whatever we have to overcome, it is worth it. 
one of our big temptations is to try to understand what we're going through. And sometimes God does give us an inkling, but even then, I sometimes wonder if he's just telling us just so we can get on with with doing it rather than stumbling over the understanding. But I think it's like learning to walk. Before you can run, you have to get your leg muscles moving right and your feet, and you, we start very low and slow, and, ex- and that as we should, as it's appropriate. But we don't stay there. And it's through the process of our learning that we find out how things work, how our hands work, how our feet work, what gravity is like. Now, we don't think about how we walk and how our hands work because we've learned that already. But there is a process to learning the ways of God, how he does things. And really, I just want to encourage you, he wants you to know his ways. He wants you to know, not necessarily understand, but to know by experience how he works. We always come back to being able to hear him clearly and testing what we hear and then acting on it. we'll probably be getting into how to test it fairly soon, how to test what we're hearing. But really what we want to set up now is to not rely on the results of waiting to verify that you're doing it right. It is God's job to reveal himself to you. It is his job to restore your soul to your spirit. It is his job to arrange the circumstances in your life to achieve his goals. What is his goal for you? What is his purpose? Reunion with him and reunion in yourself, that you would be one, spirit, soul, and body. How he does that is completely up to him. We all have an idea about where we should be as far as our you know, a quote-unquote spiritual walk and what we should have accomplished. And, you know, we're disappointed in ourselves, so we think God's disappointed. No. There's no surprises. He's not, oh, my gosh, what happened? 
and uh, now we got to catch up. No. You are the most important thing to him. Not where you're at. Not anything about you. And he takes full responsibility for your training and education and where you're at and where you're coming from. Now, this can be a double-edged sword because on the one hand, we, we want to change. We want to learn. We want to know God more. And we want to be willing to, we want to know the truth. But on the other hand, that means we have to allow others to be where they're at. And that can be frustrating. Especially when they're using God to get us to do something they want or if they're trying to use God to conform us to their image. So how do we handle that? How do we handle these pressures? And really this is just peer pressure. This is just part of the world system. No, no big surprise, don't take it personal. But just let it go. If it's okay to be misunderstood. You're not you're not in charge of representing God. He can do it all by himself. He's been doing it for a long time. And he will probably continue to do it for a long time. And he's his best representative. So let yourself off the hook as far as what other people think about your Christian walk. The best representative you can be is receiving the love of God. Receiving and allowing that love of God to change you, to bring you the freedom, the joy, the healing. Whatever he has for you, or not, whatever, however he is working in you. You don't want to be restricting God based on your own preconceptions and misconceptions. Now, there's a timing to this because it's as he puts his finger on things. Odds are really good that he's got his finger right now on something in your life. Focus on that. Spend time with him about that. We, we all have a tendency, again, this is part of the 
tyranny of time that we're struggling with here on this earth is there's always more to do during the day than there are hours. And what we want to do, part of our redeeming our time and learning to live eternally is to not be bound by time. So it's one of the reasons we're talking about making things habitual, making them a habit. And so we draw back from being emotional about things or having to understand things or having to have control of things, have specific expectations about, you know, one of the big common ones is, okay, I'm waiting for God and waiting for him, and he never shows up. I never sense his presence. Well, first, remember his presence is always there. And spiritually, you are sensing his presence because you're present in him. You're already there. But that's a good question that God wants you to take to him. How come I never sense your presence? And what he may very well do is start showing you other parts of your life where he is showing up. Where he's gone before you to make a a way easier. Where he preempted something from happening that could have been hard for you, where you were going to say something and you just felt, no, I'm not going to say that, and then you find find out the whole situation was not what you expected. Things like that. And just let him reveal those things to you. That's the Lord's presence. That's the Lord's presence just as much as a, sensing him physically or solically, emotionally, mentally, actively. And these things change us just as much as any touch or, you know, you know, physical or specific presence we may sense. You really have, none of us have any idea how much God is changing us at any given time. So when we recognize that God is teaching us, and then he gives us homework, and then we'll occasionally have a test. Now, we're tested like steel, not like a pass-fail. But we are tested to prove what is true. One of the things that often happens is we take what God is teaching us and we try to conform it to what we already believe. And so very often God will put us in a situation where what he says survives a test and what we believe fails. This is one of the reasons the more we are available to him, he can point these things out to us. Now, if you can't 
get the amount of time in your day that you feel like you need to, don't worry about it. Start with two minutes. You know, we've talked about time during the day, time, you know, getting out of the car when you're driving into the into a parking lot before you run into the to the store or into work. Just sit there for a couple minutes and just recognize the presence of God. Thank you, Lord. Okay, what do we have today? Thank you, Lord. And just set your soul, your mind, your will, and your emotions, and even your body to be perceptive of what is going on in your spirit already. And as you start doing that, he will start tapping you on the shoulder and drawing your attention to what he's doing. Remember, he's eternally creative. And so how he does that is going to be different and unique for each one of us. And he has fun doing it. But our task is to know the things that we can do that cooperate with him, like seeking the Lord at night. And even just, you know, when you make yourself available at night before you go to bed and you just spend a couple minutes, two minutes to start, just two minutes before you turn the light off or after you turn the light off, whatever works for you. And just, Lord, you know, if you want to come for a visit, I'm available. I'd be happy to get up with you. I'd love to to talk with you tonight. I'm available. And Lord, if you do, and you do want me to get up with you, don't let me miss you. You know how I am. You know how tired I am. But if you come and you want to spend time with me, I want to spend time with you. So get me up. Do whatever it takes. Now we've talked about what that may entail is like when you have a guest over, you, you, when you invite a guest over, you make preparations for that guest. If you're going to have them for dinner, you set out a plate, you make extra food, you probably clean up the place, whatever you need to do. While you're inviting God to visit you as a guest, So if you need to make preparations, do that. doesn't have to be anything big. Just maybe make plans that if he does wake you and you want to get up, where are you going to sit? Maybe even put out a chair for God. Have a blanket ready in case you're cold or something to drink, a, a Pad a paper and a pen. Something easy, something simple. So you're available to him. And remember, this is where we start bringing our soul, our freed soul, into submission to our spirit. God is freeing your soul to be rejoined 
And then your soul has having to relearn how to function with the spirit flowing through it. Your soul is subject to your spirit. Your spirit is training and disciplining your soul. This is where this is why the fruit of the spirit is self-control. The self-control is not in the spirit. It's in the soul. Spirit doesn't need self-control. It's already self-controlled. It's already perfectly one with God. It's done. It's finished. Your spirit has all the eternal life it's ever going to receive. But your spirit is training your soul. Not changing it, but restoring relationship between spirit and soul. So as you spend time with God, there's things that you're going to find you need to change. Now part of our challenge is, okay, well, isn't just exert doing something, making those changes, just exerting my will? Well, it, it's a fine line. But what you'll find is you'll find yourself doing it. You'll find yourself wanting to do it. Say you want to talk, we're talking about going to bed early so we can spend time with God. You may have a real hard time with that. Or you may take work home and feel like you have to finish it all. Well, there may be some choices you need to make. And you may feel like, okay, I'm having to, or let's say watching TV at night you may find it real hard to turn the TV off and just spend time with God quieting your mind. There's the difference between trying hard to do that and finding yourself just turning the TV off and going, okay, now I'm going to spend some time with God before I go to sleep. So there's the difference between making yourself do something and finding yourself doing something. And again, that self is your soul. And this can apply to not just our actions, but even our emotions. If there's things that usually get you so emotionally involved, maybe situations or maybe a person, and you're torn about being helpful and wanting to help and being available and responding on an emotional level versus being able to hear from the Lord about what's his purpose for that situation. And next time that situation arises, rather than, you know, oh, this is so hard, but I just have to say no, or I have to, you know... um, be mean to them in order to get them to to take care of things themselves. Instead, you'll find yourself with wisdom. You'll find yourself being gracious and able to point them in the right direction. The circumstance doesn't change. You change, and you'll find yourself in a different attitude, a different situation, a different way of handling things. This is where that wisdom comes in. 
And it's not something we get. It's something God generates within us as he restores our soul and spirit. But these are the, these are the things we learn. This, this fruit comes from the spirit, but it is enjoyed by our soul. We, we experience it in our soul, not our spirit. Our spirit's already got it all. Our spirit's already perfected. Our spirit already knows everything, how to handle every situation, everything that, that's got on God's mind for us. Every answer to every question, your spirit already knows. But our soul doesn't. And left unto its own devices, our soul would not change. So God does not leave us to our own devices. He puts us in the circumstances where we learn the limits of our soul. So he can remove our flesh, but our soul can be reunited to our spirit. It's through this process we know God that we learn about how he does things, about his ways. This is one of the things that, one of the reasons it's good and we've spent so much time on hearing God and spending time with him. Because so much of the restoration of our soul to our spirit can happen during that process. The waiting and the listening is alien it's foreign to our soul. Our soul, your flesh and your soul has gotten so used to doing things its own way. Now God can make changes in our lives two, dif- you know, two different ways, basically. One, by putting us in such major circumstances that we have to hear from him. We have to know him. We have to turn to him. Or we can set our lifestyle up where we are recognizing what he's doing in our lives and kind of making it easier on ourselves and on him, cooperating with him. It's like the school of hard knocks. I'd rather have the school of soft knocks. Make it as easy as possible for God to make the changes he wants to make. Because he's not going to let you or me or any of us not change. Now, he does have times and seasons. But even, you know, we all, we all probably know people, you know, that, that never change. And go, well, God, you know, they get away with it. How come I can't get away with it? But that's not his purpose for them. For instance, if you're listening to what we're talking about here, this is God's purpose for you. He brought you to this to help you understand what's going on in your life. For you. Not for him. He, he, you and 
Your spirit and God are already one. You're already reunited. It's your soul. He wants to free your soul. He wants to heal your soul. And he wants to bring you into oneness and meet all your needs. He gave you those needs in your soul. And he wants to meet them. So we are developing, that's why we're developing these habits, to make it as easy as possible on us to learn how to cooperate with God as our soul is reunited with our spirit. It's not about changing anybody else or bringing him glory. It's for our benefit. So some of these things seem really simple, and that's great. And over time, God may put his finger on other things and and be more specific and disciplined with you. But it's for your good. It's not he's trying to punish you, or it's not even that you're, okay, so you're going to have to require require more of you because you're going to have a bigger ministry. No. He does things for us, not for the, the consequences, but because he loves us. He loves you. Spends all his time thinking about you and arranging all the circumstances in your life for your benefit. So spend some time with God and see if there's any other area in his life, in your life, that need to be modified in order to be able to spend more time with him or whatever it is he's putting his finger on. Put him first. In whatever way he puts his finger on, it's for your benefit. And give him permission, agree with your spirit, has already given you given permission to make whatever, whatever changes are necessary. And start noticing that you will find yourself changed. So we will be getting back together again same time next week. Until then, this has been Diane Thomas of Rainer's Radio. Have a great night.